Hello and welcome to Field Architecture Breeze Blocks, where our editors share their thoughts on works in progress, urgent matters and current happenings in architecture and spatial politics. My name's Charlie Clemos, I'll be your host for today, but as we progress, different Field Architecture editors will be taking hosting duties, depending on who's got something to say on a given week. We decided to introduce this format in addition to the Failed Architecture podcast because we wanted to have a space where we could react more immediately to things going on in the Failed Architecture network. We've recently brought in 18 new editors, increasing our Amsterdam team and adding five new editors to what was a one-person team in New York, as well as setting up satellites in Bogota, Beirut and Istanbul. And we figured this was a good way of building connections between the editors in all these different places, but also realizing the potential of all these people in different places who have different perspectives and different outlooks on particular matters. As that suggests, we're planning on releasing Breeze Blocks on a fairly frequent basis. So please follow. And as always, if you like what we're doing, support us by following the link failedarchitecture.com forward slash donate. So for this first episode, I'm speaking to Ada Hesala-Olu. Hi, Ada. Hello. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for being here. Ada is one of the new editors of the Istanbul team who, along with the rest of the team, has been discussing the various ways that the COVID-19 outbreak has been affecting various spatial matters in the Istanbul area. Ada, maybe it's good to start with this report the team discovered, which visualizes the different effects that the COVID-19 outbreak has had on different income groups. Yeah, I mean, as we are at home all the time, we don't really, you know, see the streets and we don't really see who is outside. But still, when we order something from the market, it comes. So we were like discussing, okay, we are able to isolate ourselves at home, but there are people working for us to maintain the situation. And this map created by Velocity uh, using 1 million of citizens' data, it's just showing that the amount of people staying isolated and the areas that cannot isolate themselves. So it was showing that in the center of the city, the places with high rents and high household incomes were staying at home most. And the people in the outskirts of Istanbul were not staying in their location. The interesting thing is that it perfectly correlates with our idea of where working class is living and what neighborhood has more expensive rents. It's in the center, I mean, Taksim, Beşiktaş, Kadıköy, the center, I mean, the more close to Bosphorus and the south part of the Istanbul. Yeah, there are the rents are more expensive, but the outskirts, really end of the city, and we can see that it's most of the working class citizens are staying there and going to their work by public transportation, and their neighborhoods are like re really red in that map. And I can also add that even though last week the mayor of Istanbul shared that the percentage of using transportation reduced 85% in Istanbul in just 10 days. Even though it's drastically changed, it's, we, we can still see that the working class is not isolating themselves. Is the government doing anything to try and keep people at home in these neighborhoods? Or is there a sort of assumption that they need to keep going to work? I mean, it's really hard to talk about this topic because it's like everyday government is 
going on television and sharing some help packages or sharing some new information about the situation. But I can, you know, possibly say that no, actually, <laughs> it works well for us, but they really couldn't start doing anything about working class. Yesterday, the Erdogan, the president, was in television. Uh, he was saying that they started a fund and he put his salary of seven months to that fund. And he was asking to, you know, people for putting money on that fund. I mean, it's like just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like people are making fun of it. We, they are sharing memes and funny stuff. But it's like, haven't you already collected some money for that? <laughs> There's a tension between the municipalities like Istanbul municipality or the municipalities of the biggest cities, Ankara, Istanbul, Izmir, and the governance because, you know, the municipalities, they're doing some things. I mean, they're switching some buildings to the hospitals and they're trying to do some stuff and sharing about that. But they're saying that they're not really supported by the government or they're not really connected. And also about the strikes. I mean, the construction industry is said it keeps working, but... There are one of there are one example that I would really like to talk about. It is Atatürk Cultural Center. It is a prominent project of Istanbul. It's in the middle of the Taksim Square, and Taksim Square is really means uh, a lot for Istanbul, and it's really uh, central. And uh, there, I think last week, a strike action started by workers since one of them was hospitalized on suspicion of coronavirus. However, the construction has not stopped until the test results were available. Yeah, this particular project is especially important since it's directly linked to the everlasting cases of special justice in country, especially in Istanbul. Also, maybe you have heard about Taksim Square because of the Gezi protests. That building was uh, one of the symbols of that protest because, you know, there were like hanging... Uh, protest, you know, like letters on the building. So it's like the construction was continuing there, but last week we had that strike started by the workers. Great. We had an article about this, Taking Back Taksim. It, it starts with this uh, quote from Erdogan, scream out as much as you want, rant and rave. We destroyed it. Speaking about the um, fact that the protesters had already lost and the Ataturk Cultural Center was being built. And um, there's a sort of really interesting dynamic in the center of the city in terms of development versus everyday life. I guess, how does like a lockdown and an end to the construction process there, how do you think that changes this already constantly changing process? of like everyday life versus redevelopment. Just after that uh, occupation happened, I have started to, to the university and my university is just there. I mean, like two minutes by walking from there. And it was like we were just experiencing all the all these situations, the bombs after the occupation. And then they decided to destroy the old um, Atatürk Cultural Center and uh, decided to build new one. So it was like each day when we were going to school or going back from school to home, uh, we were like seeing what is the process and how it's proceed in the timeline. And it was like super weird 
to see one day I was like wow how come they have constructed that much I have been you know experiencing that area for like five last five years so it's rapidly changing but constantly I mean it's always changing and it changed so fast I mean when I first there like five years ago there was just a big orthodox church there but uh, a couple of years ago they started the construction of a mosque you know just in the opposite side of the church so it's like you constantly see the tension and at some point there a mosque is is being constructed at the other side the old uh, Ataturk cultural center they left it there and it was like starting to be a ruin and started to get rotten inside it's that's why they uh, have decided to construct a new Ataturk cultural center that, that's why they have uh, a new project uh, there because the old one was uh, really rotten so I mean it's like always they are constructing something at the other side there is the uh, ruins of the old buildings but it's all so politic you can see each day when you're passing by So this is the context. And then now what you're saying is that the construction on the new center is continuing despite the calls to quarantine in the city. Yeah, I mean, as the old, you know, old constructions, it was continuing since last week. Actually, I don't really know, like, what is exactly happening right now there, but Last week and at the end of the last week, we heard that there are there's a strike action started by the workers. But I mean, in general, the most of the contra- constructions continues. There is also the project Canal Istanbul, the controversial mega project. And that project, last week, we were so surprised by the news uh, because it was saying that the tender stage is being started on the 26th of March for moving uh, and reconstruction of two historical bridges on the impact area of the project. I mean, Canal Istanbul project, maybe I can say a little bit about that. They're planning to construct a canal in the European side of Istanbul uh, because, you know, all the ships and they're passing by the Bosphorus. So they wanted to construct a canal there for, you know, countries to use that and maybe it would be something profitable. But it was really, last month, it was really controversial and there were many debates on environmental, economical and political impacts. And although many public services are suspended, these controversial projects continue to proceed in some ways and benefit from chaos, actually. And that shows, you know, that that they have started the tender stage for that project in 26th of March. That means that they don't really stop it. Violation of nature and protected areas are also being oversight in such a chaotic atmosphere. And this gives way to the law amendments without facing a significant resistance by people because people are all isolated in their houses and they are trying to uh, stay alive. Interesting, like not only are they not stopping because they should stop themselves, but they're actually taking advantage of the fact that everybody else is at home to take advantage of the fact that there won't be any protests during the process of tendering. It reminds me of um, 
a, a video was circulating of a New York construction site. A group of workers were watching one worker speaking to the rest of them saying, we need to stop. We're not being given the right protective gear. But one of our other editors, Joshua, was saying luxury condos in New York, the construction sites are still hosting workers. And this is in one of the main hotspots of the pandemic. They're not just forcing you know, essential workers to keep working, but it's also people working on construction sites, working to build luxury housing. It's it's really a testament to the fact that the priorities of urban development um, are, are completely skewed. If I lose my job, I lose my job. I shouldn't be speaking like this, but I don't care. I fucking don't give a fuck anymore because I'm scared too. I got an 86-year-old home with oxygen at home. My wife is crying every time I go home because she doesn't know I'm going to kill her father. I have something. Guys, it's in your hands. You decide what you want to do. I heard the electrician walked out. That was their choice. You guys have the same choice to do it. Okay? Let's look out for each other. We don't have six feet amongst each other here. When you're in the work site there, you guys don't have six feet around you. We're all breathing on each other. Where's your eating facilities? Are they sanitized? You have water to wash your hands when you eat your sandwiches? I leave it in your hands, guys. You guys decide what you want to do. I give you the information. Okay? That man there did not need, did not show me the washing facilities in this and he kicked me out of his trailer. He doesn't own anybody. You don't need to be intimidated by that man. He doesn't own us. Nobody owns us, not even the government.